Should we make chicken marsala for dinner, or would you like a steak? That sounds good. Well, which one? Whichever you'd like. Well, do you want one more than the other? The chicken? That sounds good. Yeah, you can do the chicken. It doesn't mean you <laughs> so, don't want the steak. It's so British. Sure, both it really are fine. Is so like, British. Just make <laughs> make up your mind. A decision, please. Hey, David. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm doing well. How was your week, by the way, with food? It was a great food week. Yeah. I am in summer produce heaven. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I've just been getting big boxes of, you know, sort of CSA farm fresh produce right. and just doing stuff, you know. Yeah. I'm obsessed right now with this eggplant tomato nectarine salad with like a whipped feta. Is on this the, the one that has the deep fried eggplant? Yes. yes. Okay. I and I want to hear that. about your week, but let me just say this very quickly okay. because eggplant is such a pain in the butt yeah. in most cases, mm-hmm. right? You've got to salt it, rest it, rinse it, drain it, pat it, it yeah. dry. Then it still soaks up all the oil anyway. And it, it's just, it's fussy. Yes. So there's this woman I follow on Instagram named Claire Thompson. She's a cookbook author. She's British. Mm-hmm. Her Instagram handle is five o'clock apron. It's like five, the number five o'clock apron. She was frying up eggplant, you know, just chop it up. She had it in a pot, just a regular saucepan, fried it for until it got really beautiful and golden brown. Mm-hmm. And then she put it in a salad. And I was like, that's genius yeah. because it's going to absorb all the oil anyway. anyway. You don't have to pre-salt it. You don't have it's it comes out, it's creamy on the inside, it's crispy on the outside. Mm. You salt it after you cook it. It's amazing. So I've been working that into everything and I'm just so enjoying it. Well, on your Instagram it looks fantastic. Thank you. So how has your food week been? Oh, my food week has been fantastic. I have been up to my nose in homemade pizza. <gasps> I got a wood burning mm. pizza oven. And oh so I'm developing some recipes and oh my God, it's just I've eaten so many pizzas I cannot even tell you. But it is it's amazing. It's it's it gets incredibly hot. It gets 800 degrees and these wow. pizzas cook in 1 minute. Oh my god. It's astounding. So even if you mess up a minute later you have another pizza. And I've been right. working on a Portuguese pizza which is kind of not really, <gasps> you know, they don't really have them in Portugal, but I'm using Portuguese chorizo which is the sausage or mm-hmm. linguiça and a sheep's milk cheese. Oh my God, it is honestly outrageously, outrageously good. And I've been seeing the sizzling pies on your Instagram and getting very hungry. The one loves them. And we had a friend over who is Italian. He's like right out of the Sopranos. I mean, he is right out of the Sopranos. He loves pizza, eats pizza all the Mm -hmm. time. You mean he murders people? Well, you know, I really have questioned this. I have questioned this sometimes about my friend. You know, he really could be like sitting around that table talking with all of them. And he eats pizza all the time. He had this pizza that I made and he absolutely loved it. He just went wild for it. So that made me feel so good. But my first couple were really pretty bad. They looked like Martian-y kind of, you know, they looked like alien basically, you know. Um, They just, they were messed up. I couldn't stretch it. And you learn, there's a real vertical learning curve. With pizza. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially I, when you're putting it on a peel. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah getting, getting it Getting in the oven. But and, that's yeah. been sort of my week, um, even, even two weeks now of just pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> I can't wait to read about it on Leet's Cool and Art. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually, it's very fitting that I was talking about Claire Thompson, the British food writer, mm-hmm. because. 
us today. We are taking a virtual trip to England with my friend, Adam Cohen. Yes, yes. Who was your tour guide when you and your family were in London not too long ago, Yes, right? Yes. And it's very nice to have a friend who's a major foodie yes. who lives in a city that you're visiting. <laughs> it, it is. It's always very good to have those friends. And he took you through Notting Hill, right? Yeah, which is where he lives. And he gave me the most incredible food tour of Notting Hill, which I will encapsulate it on my Instagram if you want to follow along. So can I just say it? Can I just say it, please? Can I just say it? Yeah. Did you yeah, turn yeah. to him and say, I'm just a girl? Standing in front of a boy, asking <laughs> him to give her a culinary tour. Did you do it? Did you do it? But that's four weddings and a funeral. If I was going to use the Notting Hill dialogue, I'd have to say I've been on a diet for the past 30 no, years. No, that's not four Julia weddings Roberts and a funeral. That's, that's, yes, yes. No, it's not. No. Look oh it up. Oh, my God, you're right. Look it you're up. Right. No, no, no. Four that's weddings Julie. and a funeral is when she says, was it raining? I didn't notice. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. It is. It's Julia right. Roberts. Yes. I didn't do it. Oh, man. It was but so we did perfect. visit a couple of the sites. Like, he showed me where they, you know, the exteriors uh -huh. were filled and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, Adam is is a marketing executive. Like, he's not a professional food person, but he, he should be. knows With what food he absolutely, really, he should. Yeah, he could be. He could easily. He's an amazing cook and knows all about the city. And this is kind of the first of a series we're going to be doing, doing virtual armchair travel yes. to other cities in the world and talking to local yes. experts. And we'll be talking about Portugal soon. In Lisbon, I will be giving you your guide for Portugal. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited about this. But let's just jump in because Adam gave us so much good info. I don't want to take up any more time. Well, hey, Adam, welcome. Welcome, Adam. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, thank you. I so enjoyed being with you in England and doing a tour around London, around specifically Notting Hill. And so I wanted to ask you some more questions about being in England because you have the perspective of being an American who also lives over there. So you kind of can see it from both sides. So my first question is, how did a nice guy like you end up living in a great city like that? Oh, it's a great question. Uh, it all goes back to meeting another nice guy in New York. So I met my <laughs> husband, Rupert, living in New York City. And uh, he was supposed <laughs> to stay for a year. He ended up staying for five. So we had a great time exploring, eating, and then he wanted to come home. And I said, let's take the plunge and go for it. And that was nine years ago. Wow. Wow. And so at this point, are you a citizen? I am a British citizen. <laughs> um, I had a great citizenship ceremony a couple of years ago. And afterwards, we went for afternoon tea afterwards. And then in the British tradition, a kebab on the way home at night. So it was a full <laughs> food uh, experience to celebrate. That's awesome. For those of us who don't know what a kebab on the way home at night is, what's that? So there's all these places all around London that have shawarma, big rotating mm -hmm. meat euros. And you go, they slice a bit off, and they make a really great sandwich for you. So... That is, along with a curry, which still blows my mind after living here for nine years, what British people love to eat after a night out at the pubs, which makes me really miss a good slice of pizza. I'd never think of having, <laughs> never think of yeah. having beers at the pub for three hours and then putting a vindaloo in my stomach, but they love it. <laughs> so now, you don't work in food professionally, but you're a serious foodie. Um, so tell me more about what food, the role food has in your life? I am a total foodie. I, nothing makes me happier than traveling, eating, exploring. I've dragged my poor husband along roadsides in Mexico looking for shrimp tacos and things and a million other experiences. But it, it started when I was little. It, I came from 
family with two very strong matriarchs, grandmothers on both sides. We got Italian on one mm-hmm. side, uh, mm-hmm. and food was love. It was they mm-hmm. would invite ten or fifteen yes. people over for Christmas and cook for forty-five. So uh, it was just always yeah. there. You know, my earliest memory is waking up and my mom and my nana were making sauce and meatballs and getting everything going at 7.30 in the morning for dinner that night. Yeah. And so it's just always been in my in my DNA. Then fast forward, yeah. I moved to Spain. Um, I lived there, got a real appreciation for the Mediterranean diet. Then to New York, met Rupert there. And now we're in West London and we've got a really fantastic food scene over here, which Amy, I was really happy to show you. But it has to be said, I haven't forgot my roots because the yeah. Christmases that we do here... We'll do Uh full-on British Christmas roast for Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve is mine, and that's New England. And I do (laughs) lobster pie, stuffed clams, clam chowder, and I love it. So being in West London, what are your favorite, and these are air quotes, British foods? Oh, so there's so many. I think my favorite British dish is a toad in the Mm. hole. That is baked sausages Mm. until they're all sizzling in a pan with a Yorkshire pudding batter around it, served with Mm. onion gravy and peas. That is absolutely comfort food, which I love. But... Other little things, like the cheddar here is incredible. Like really good mature yeah. cheddar, they call it, the sharp cheddar. Crumpets are amazing. Those little griddled breads that look like English muffins, I right. love them and always bring them back for family when I come home. Uh, Marmite, you can't get away from Marmite if you're here. And it's and you like Marmite. I love Marmite. Um, did you always like it or did you have to, was it an acquired taste? I was warned, so I was prepared. If you give it to some okay. Americans and say, try some of this, it's a little thick. For those that don't know, it's it's the extract made from when they make beer. It's like yeast extract. So mm-hmm. it's like a very thick soy sauce. So you give it to some Americans on toast and they think, oh, that's chocolate or Nutella or something. You take a bite and oh, but I was warned. I knew what was coming and I love it. I just, I have such a savory tooth, not a sweet tooth. And I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Nigella has a great recipe for Marmite spaghetti, which is fantastic. Really? Oh, I think I have to try that. Yeah, Amy. that sounds really good. I mean, Marmite kind of like an spaghetti. anchovy, like an anchovy pasta, I'm thinking like that. It's that like an umami, umami. bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. real umami bomb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. But rhubarb, elderflower, those are things that are very British and there's just mm. so many things. Yeah. And do you take part in the, the classic British tea? Oh, classic British tea. There are some fantastic ones in London. Actually, somebody I used to work with, he and his girlfriend used to go every single weekend to try a different one around London, which I thought was excessive. I don't know why he's not broke, because they're, they're very expensive <laughs> if you do them well. Right. The best one, hands down, is Fortnum & Mason. If you haven't been to Fortnum & Mason, it's this yes. huge... Have you been? I did. I've done the tea there. Oh, so upstairs in the I Diamond so Jubilee good. Room, for, for those that don't know, yes. Fortnum & Mason is a big department store food emporium, right? It's luxury and class. It's mm. all things mm. British. It's incredible. They have them at Heathrow at the airport. I always pick up things on my way back. They're great. But their Diamond Jubilee room upstairs has a classic yes. British tea, which is just three mm. tiers, finger sandwiches in the bottom, scones in the middle, clotted cream and jam, and then some little petit fours, some pastries on top. But they have a savory one too. And that, Ooh. instead of oh. regular scones, they've got scones with mustard or Stilton, and they've got little like mm. ham or mustard spread. And instead of pay on top, they've got little mini mm. beef Wellingtons and little mushroom oh pâtés. So the secret that nobody realizes, you can have as much as you want. So if you go with someone, get a savory. Are you serious? Yes. yes. So get a classic. It's like a cruise ship. It's like a cruise ship. <laughs> Luxury cruise ship. So get a classic and get a savory 
and then just mm -hmm. nibble and eat and graze. And then when you've had absolutely enough, they're like, would you like to come over to the dessert cart? And your head explodes. Oh, yeah. wow. Are you serious? Yeah. This was not my yeah. experience. I was trying to eat very proper. Come back. And like little, little nibbles and, oh my. Come back. I'd be happy to take you. <laughs> oh, you got it. One thing I love, the themed teas in London, and my favorite one is the Mad Hatter's Afternoon Tea at the Sanderson Hotel. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. Yes. Like, there's these little bottles that have smoothies in them, and they say, drink me drink on me. them. And the menus are little books. And Is this for kids or is this for adults? It's for everybody. And everybody. everything is Alice in Wonderland themed. It is... The most, and it's in this, how would you describe it? It's like a courtyard that's full of beautiful flowers and foliage. It's so good. Fantastic. So when you're living in London, what American foods do you miss the most? That's a good question. So actually, there's an American food store near me, and they have pretty much everything for a price. Mm. But a lot of what they have, they probably brought in from the 80s and hasn't moved <laughs> off the shelf probably. since then, like Mrs. Dash and things. But um, they even got things like massive jugs of Tide for like $70. And that's brand loyalty Whoa. if you're spending $70 on your washing up liquid. But things I miss, I miss bagels, like really yeah. good yeah. bagels, especially coming from New York, iced coffee, lobster rolls. I mean, you cannot take me out of New England and keep me away from lobster rolls. And there was a place that opened in Soho a while ago that had a classic lobster roll. And it was like kewpie mayo, chives, chopped uh, up lemon. No, no, I couldn't no. even walk by yeah. without cringing. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 that's rolls. not a lobster roll. Yeah, my mom always makes one when I come oh. home. And that's the first thing I have when I get off the plane, which is great. You know, chicken parms, meatball parms, big red sauce, Italian-American. You get great Italian here, but not the huge Sunday spread you'd get right. that I grew up with. And pizza. So there's not good pizza in London? There's great pizza, but it's very nice, individual, well-done Italian. Like Neapolitan oh. style, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So the big slices you get in yeah. New York, you don't really get those. It's so interesting. So what are the foods that are better in England than in the U.S.? The dairy is fantastic mm. here. Yeah. The yogurt is really good. There's a brand we buy that we love called Rachel's. They make a rhubarb yogurt that is just unbelievable. And the cheddar cheese. The cheddar is absolutely fantastic here. So I think the dairy is great. The meat is really good quality. There's a lot of free range. We're in a country where the Sunday roast is mm -hmm. religion mm -hmm. to people. So you've got to have good standard of pork belly or roast beef or, you know, chickens. The meat's good. Potato chips are good. Crisps, <laughs> as they call yeah. them here. They have every single flavor imaginable and they do them really well. I would just say on my trip, I noticed the strawberries were unbelievable. In oh. particular, we were in the Cotswolds and even the strawberries you would just get at the supermarket or the local corner market were the best strawberries I've ever had. You're totally right. And around Wimbledon, around this time of year, you came at the best time. That's when they were just bursting. Mm. And you'd see a lot of places will just have strawberries mm. and cream that they'd dip a strawberry in without any sort of guilt uh. whatsoever. So what are some of the food trends you're seeing in London that haven't yet hit the U.S.? I don't know if this hasn't hit yet, but presentation here is incredible. And I think that it goes back to mm. uh, Yotam Ottolenghi, the chef. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I took you, Amy, when we were having a little walk around. Yes, and I was very jealous when I saw that on her Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So, And we should just say what Ottolenghi's cafes are. Yeah, so Ottolenghi's cafes... He's made to look like a Jerusalem soup. You walk in and there's multi-levels, huge platters of just roasted vegetables, tons of roasted vegetables. Yum. And then the sweets are just meringues climbing <laughs> up the walls and big platters of syrup cakes and pastries and cookies. And 
It's just unbelievable. It's like going to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So I think that is up to the game for a lot of places here. So sandwich places mm-hmm. at lunch or places around where you can just pick up food to just have beautiful presentation and just draw people in. There's a lot of fusion food too. So there's a lot of people living in London, in the UK, from the Middle East, mm-hmm. from India, and there's a lot of great fusion mm. flavors, mm-hmm. yeah, which is which fantastic. Is- um, Camden Market has a great food stall. I think it's called Baba G's, and he does really incredible burgers that are just like sog paneer uh, burgers and ooh, things that like that that are wonderful. just so good. Oh, that sounds amazing. So for those who don't know, what is Camden Market? So Camden Market is a big kind of mix of a flea market and mm-hmm. food market in the borough. And is it restaurants that have food there or is it kind of anyone can cook and bring stuff there? They're food stalls. So the food market that they have is right mm-hmm. on the canal and they've got loads of little stalls like people making pasta or um, wraps and then they've got a lot of really great mm. fusion ones. So Baba G's is one of those. And that's separate from Borough Market, which I went to and loved. Borough Market is just the be-all, end-all of food markets. It's one of the most amazing places in London. And I would say if you've got a day, and just go and get lost and roam around and eat. Uh, so It was amazing. What's great is when you travel to these foreign countries and these cities, these food markets, like in Spain, Madrid, there was wonderful, I think it's the San Miguel food market. And then also in Barcelona, in Paris, yeah, the Bucuria. It's just, it's amazing, these places. And Lisbon, they have the timeout market, which kind of sounds very commercial. But inside, it's amazing, amazing food, isn't Great. it, right? I just wish yeah. it wasn't Time Out Market. I wish it was something like, you know, Marqueta, the Comida Portuguesa or something like that. But it is an amazing haul. Yeah. I think food markets here definitely are yeah. a trend now. London's an expensive city, but you can eat really well and really mm-hmm. cheap. And they are popping up mm-hmm. everywhere. There's great one near King's Cross. If I'm going to a dinner at a dinner party at a friend's, I'll stop by and get a loaf of bread or some nice cheese or things. You can just get lots of things for either gifts or just to munch on. And I think they're not going away. It's great. We don't have that many in this country, right, Amy? And there's Faneuil Hall. We have a lot in Boston now, actually. Mm -hmm. There are three newer ones besides Faneuil Hall. So it's certainly a trend that's picking up here too. And New York, yeah. Yeah, New York, yeah. Yeah. One thing I noticed that David would probably like is pastiche de nat. Okay, you you taught me how to say this. Okay. The the, right, the we'll try to, Portuguese try to get well, let's hear it. Pastage de nata. Very close. Pastage de nata. The Very nata. good, Amy. Um, <laughs> so they are everywhere, and they're so mm-hmm. good. But you don't see them in the U.S. Just like all these bakeries no. selling the egg tarts. I mean, it. it yeah. It, it, but I I saw vegan ones. They were like selling them in corner markets. It was great. So, Adam, I think a lot of Americans think if I was going to live overseas, the easiest place would be England because it's the same language as opposed to right. living in France or, you know, in Taiwan or somewhere where I don't speak the language. But I've heard from Americans that there is more of a culture clash than you would expect. So can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I had a little bit of a preview to this because I met my husband in New York and we were there for five years together. So doing the dance of what do you want for dinner? What do you really want for dinner? And the, all the things that are unsaid in the English language. Now, just to clarify, your husband is British. He's British. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very British. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what does that mean? That means that he wouldn't be direct about yes. what he wanted. He would be like, yeah. oh, it's- so, I'd say, should we make chicken marsala for dinner or would you like a steak? That sounds good. Well, which one? Whichever you'd like. Well, do you want one more than the other? The chicken? That sounds, yeah, you can do the chicken. Does that mean you don't want the steak? It's so British. Both are fine. I'm like, just 
make <laughs> make up your mind. A decision, please. Make up your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of knew I was in for some communication surprises. Right. But actually talking to other Americans here, they say it's as different of an experience as moving to France mm-hmm. than moving wow, to really? England. So yes, it's English, but you know, there's some communication differences and you gotta do the the sort of juggle on that, but it's all very exciting. It's all yeah. cost of admission. Do people find the kind of American directness refreshing or is it seen as sort of overbearing and tacky? <laughs> Whatever it is. I think they find it refreshing, but we're really loud. And I think that so you can, there's always, especially in Notting Hill, walking through the Portobello Road Market, you can just see there's groups of people just walking and uh the volume's a little bit, a little bit higher than, than the typical London. <laughs> Amy, you and I would be, probably, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> we'd be in trouble. Yeah, no, but we would have to leave of us the country because how loud we both laugh. I get super polite though when I'm when I'm traveling. I'm sort of meek and polite. I think it's like a, an instinctive oh, me, thing. Amy, you know? I can't imagine seeing you meek, a meek version of Amy. I can't imagine that. I'm you and I were not polite. meek walking around nodding. <laughs> no, I'm sure true. we raised a few eyebrows with <laughs> cackling <laughs> around and eating everything. <laughs> I got yeah, that's true. I got really excited. Adam, let's talk about travel. I think you know that I was supposed to go with my husband to London, but at the last minute we had to cancel. I was very disappointed. Amy had been, we were going to share you as a tour guide. So let's say when we come back, let's say we go there for six nights. Can you recommend a mix of splurge and cheap eat places for dinner? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. So splurges, Mm -hmm. I would say we talked about Otto Lange earlier. Mm-hmm. Nopi mm-hmm. is wonderful. How do you Go spell there. that? Beautiful. N-O-P-I. Okay. Nopi. Mm, so it's small plates, gorgeous, gorgeous food. And they've got a little chef's table downstairs or a communal table that's fun you can sit at. Barafina is a Spanish restaurant. There's a few of them around London. And I am very picky on my Spanish because I lived in Spain. I lived with a great family. My friends are cooks there. Mm-hmm. But this is fantastic. So Barafina is fantastic. And I would also say in West London, there's a restaurant right near me called Orise, and that Mm. is food from the Hebrides. And for those Mm. that don't know, those are the islands off northwest Scotland. Mm -hmm. So lots of fish, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, I had a burrata and grilled plums the last time I went there that was fantastic. And then some really nice fish. So those are good splurges. Very nice. On the mid-level, I would say you cannot come to London without having a curry. So you've got to go to Masala Zone. So good Mm. mid-level Indian. They have the thali platters, which are the big silver trays Mm -hmm. in front of you. You order one, you know, say a chicken tikka masala or something, which is a classic dish, and then they'll give you loads of little vegetable ones around the side Mm. and rice and bread and all sorts of things. Delicious. You should check out Chinatown in London, actually. Uh I think everyone should be going to Chinatown these days based on the last couple of years. Four Seasons is fantastic Mm -hmm. for roast duck. They do a Cantonese roast duck. Jay Rayner, the food critic, is always seen in the corner there tucking into one himself, (laughs) and they're really, really good. And I would say another good mid-level, I went the other night with my husband to um, Granger & Co. There's a few of those around. Bill Granger is an Australian chef and is really good continental mm-hmm. Australian fusion. So Ooh. loads and loads of fresh herbs and it's just really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's a good middle level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cheap Eats, you should definitely go to Goulburn Road, which is the top part of Portobello Road with the street market in West London. Mm-hmm. Nobody really makes it up that far, but David, you'd love it. It's a mix of Portuguese 
oh, and yes. Moroccan. So there's food stalls, mm. there's bakeries, really fantastic. So they've got a great soup stall there where they'll mix up a couple of soups for you. If you can't decide, I'll give you spinach and white bean and I'll give you lentils, boom, in the same bowl. Mm. Some nice harissa and things on the side. That's Those are really marvelous. good. That's yeah. marvelous. And the Rosewood Hotel uh, near Holborn has a pie room that's doing antique uh, pies. So very well done. It's a little <laughs> corner, that oh. little window opens, and you can order like a nice little pork pie with a port wine gelée around it. Oh, really, really oh, good. Oh, oh, okay, so oh, these I are the savory those. pies with a hot water crust that we learned about from the Bake Off, right? Yes, yep. exactly. Okay. No soggy bottoms there, right? No. <laughs> so two that you didn't mention... Our favorite, favorite place in London, but of course we didn't eat in every restaurant, is Dinner by Heston Blumenthal. Oh. That sounds fancy, right? David. I haven't been, no. Oh, you haven't? Oh, it's and that is like high, high, high end. Do you know about their meat fruit? No. Oh my God. What they do is they find historical recipes from the past and they recreate them for a modern palate. And meat fruit is... Basically, it is a pate or a mousse pate that's wrapped around like fruit leather. And we had one that was orange and it looked like an orange and had a leaf and everything and it was exquisite. And the whole thing was back in the day, whenever this came like 500 years ago, the whole thing was to impress your guests with food that didn't look like what it was. Mm. And so when you cut into it, you have this sweet from the fruit leather and then you have the savory from the mousse inside and it was exquisite. That's fantastic. It was amazing. I mean, that's all I remember from the meal, and the whole meal was great. Except a rather embarrassing moment. I made the reservation, and you know, I said, We want to come. I said, you know, I I think I may have said, I'm a food writer from the States. I don't want anything free or anything like that. I just would love to meet Heston Blumenthal, or at least if he's not there, see the kitchen. I left a message. So when we sat down at the table, this very suave uh, head waiter was talking to us and then he was talking about how he traveled through all of Europe and he said one of his favorite places was Portugal. I said, oh really? I said, I'm Portuguese. He said, yeah, and Lisbon is just my favorite city. And he goes, you know, there is this food writer and author. I think his name is David Light or Light. I'm like, that's me, that's me, oh my God, that's me. And he's going, and he's going on and on. And Alan, my partner, he's laughing. And I'm like, "What's the matter with you?" So the guy walked away. He says, "Don't you realize you probably saw that note in the reservation? He knew it was you the entire time." I thought, I thought he was just out of all, out of all the places in all the world and all the authors. He knew me. He knew Fantastic. me. It was so funny. That's what you call good service. I mean, it was. And we were the last people there. We did get to see the kitchen. Heston Blumenthal wasn't there. And then they made us homemade ice cream using uh, liquid nitrogen. And so it freezes immediately. So you could choose whatever flavor you wanted. I think it was the most exquisite meal I ever had. That's incredible. Okay, I'm going. You have to go. Adam, one other restaurant question. We became quite fond of Dishoom, but is that sort of considered like, it's such a, oh, it's such a chain. You shouldn't even eat there anymore. It's a three hour line. Yeah, it is a long line. I think there's loads of good Indian restaurants in London, but if you have the chance to go, go. But also, call them and see when they can fit you in. Go for breakfast. Go for another time. So just go off hours. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. It was a great breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Have you been to the Harwood Arms by any chance? No. Where's that? London. I don't know. It's somewhere in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I think it's a one Michelin star and, and it's very pubby, but it's like really elevated pubby food. And boy, we went there twice, two different times. We absolutely loved Harper's it. Arms. Okay. It was wonderful. Gonna check it out. Okay, and let's talk bakeries. Oh, yeah. Okay, not only did you take me to Olengi, which had the most beautiful pastries mm. piled in the window. I mean, just so beautiful. But you also took me to a little place that made buns. So, But let's talk about sort of bakeries right. in general. Bakeries. So buns from home. I think they opened a few months before the pandemic. And we got a card through the door that said, oh, I'm going to be making small batch buns and what a, what is a bun? And you're reading on it. It was, it was they made right. these gorgeous cinnamon rolls or chocolate rolls or cardamom rolls out of croissanto that they'd roll into cinnamon, that roll into butter and sugar and then bake. So they're like crunchy and chewy and just incredible, incredible layered pastry. Oh, probably caramelized too with the sugar. Yes. Yep. They're mm. And that's in Notting Hill, buns from home. Yeah. So they did such a roaring trade, they opened up a shop. I mean, they opened a business up during the pandemic and have been just doing. Absolute incredible, incredible business. So that's a good one. I also took you to Hummingbird Bakery, and that is one of my favorites. That started in West London. They do a massive rainbow layer cake. So layers of, it's got to be about eight inches high, just different layers of rainbow cake with buttercream. And we loved it so much that we ordered a massive one for our wedding. So our wedding cake was a three-tier rainbow cake. We had little penguins on top. Yeah. So Hummingbird Bakery, Buns from Home is good. David, you'll love this next one. Um, Lisboa is an institution Uh for 30 years on Goulburn Road, Mm -hmm. and they have the most incredible pastéis de nata. And if you time it right, they're warm out of the oven, and they are the best in London. And this is now a food trend all over London now. They're all mediocre. These are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Really? Yep. Have you been to the Confeteria de Belém in Portugal, the actual original one? I have, and they compare. Are they as good? They do, they compare. They are shatteringly crisp, <gasps> wow. nice warm custard. They're delicious. Yep. I'm appalled. I'm appalled. <laughs> I'm appalled. Nothing should be as good as the original. Well, come over. We'll do a taste test. Um, oh, that'd be so wonderful. I'm so happy that Pistachio Nat, which is my favorite, favorite, favorite Portuguese sweet, is really just exploding yeah. all yeah. over the place. Yeah. I saw them everywhere in the UK. They're delicious. They were on the Great British Bake Off. And I think maybe that's what kicked it off. The last one yeah. I can recommend Near me, there's a cafe called Bluebells, and they have what they call a Britabella pudding. And they take the leftovers from the day before, if it's brownies, croissants, cookies, put it all together, and they make a big bread pudding out of it. So every day it's a little bit different. But, I mean, imagine an eggy, nice, warm bread pudding with chunks of brownies, chunks of croissants. It's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's almost obscene. So good. <laughs> that is. That's, that's, it's almost American kind of yes. in a way with all that being added. <laughs> Over the top. Yeah. So those are great places to go for high, middle, and low. But what are some of the under-the-radar food neighborhoods that we just don't hear of over here? Oh, I definitely would say Brick Lane. If you haven't been to Brick Lane, that's in East mm. London. It goes from Whitechapel all the way up, and it starts at the top with Jewish-Canadian bagels. And then you work uh, your way down uh, and there's food markets in the middle. There's Old Truman Brewery has a food market on the weekends and then Spitalfields Market's right there. And St. John's Bread and Wine, that should have been another one on my splurge list. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. And they have a little takeout counter where you can get an Eccles cake, which is kind of like a dense fruit cake. And they'll yes. give you a slice of cheese to go with it that is mm. insane. And then you keep working wow. down Brick Lane and it turns it's Indian, Pakistani. And there's an incredible 
incredible range of restaurants right there. So it just changes as you walk along and it's less than a mile. So I'd say that's a really great place to explore and just go get lost for the day. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I'm so excited. This is I can't wait to come back. I think I'm going to go back in December. So Oh, I can't wait. Uh, we'll we'll get busy. David, you're coming okay. too, right? <laughs> yes, I will yeah. go with Amy. I think it'll be we will be excommunicated from the entire country uh, with our laughs, but we will go. So, okay, let's say we have a little more time. We get outside of London. What are some great foodie destinations in England, Scotland, and Wales? Oh, there's tons. Hey, the UK has a bad reputation for food, or it used to. Yeah, the it really is fantastic did. here. There's such good food, and there's great places outside of London. Birmingham has Balti's, which are these big spicy curries that are really great to, mm. to check out. They originated mm. from there. Cheddar cheese is from here. I yeah. had some time. No, and no, no, I... no, wait. It's from Vermont, Adam. It's from Vermont. <laughs> oh, right, right, Yes, right. of course, yes. Um, <laughs> England never heard of cheddar cheese until America came along. So there's actually, there's a gorge, Cheddar Gorge. There's this very thin uh, passageway between mountains where they do the biggest production of cheddar cheese and it's where it originated. And I, and I went actually once and there's a little place you can go in and see them making the cheese. And I walked in for this whole day process at the moment they were cheddaring the cheese, which is like taking the curd, slicing them into slabs, stacking them up on top mm. of each other, moving them around. And it was, I was just delighted to be there at the the cheddaring process. And it was just excited yeah. to see it all. So uh, Oh go. my God, then, I'd love to live in Cheddar Gorge. It just sounds like such a place to nestle in. <laughs> the <laughs> store that they have there, I think I had about 90 samples of cheddar cheese <laughs> around the shop. It's right at the end of Drury Lane, David. Really? Is it? Yeah, where the muffin man lives. You go to the, <laughs> you go to Drury Lane, take a left into Cheddar there you Gorge. Go. Um, they, they, this is my kind of town. So I have a question for you. Are there any culinary tours that one should take? Yes. In West London, there's a mm. cooking school called the Enrica Rocca Cooking School. So it's Italian woman set it up. There's one in Venice, and now her daughters run it. And they do tours of the Portobello Road market. And you go shopping, mm -hmm. pick up stuff, go back and cook, and they're fantastic. I would say that's a really great thing that you could you could try. Well, I have an idea. I think you could have a great side hustle <laughs> as a culinary Seriously. tour guide, don't I know, you? I missed right? my calling. Not that you're a busy executive Total or anything. side hustle here. <laughs> you could probably make it your entire career. I know, I'd love it. You really it. do seem to have a massively good handle on I London. just love it. And chances are it's the only thing I'm thinking about at any given moment is <laughs> what I'm going to eat next. Hey, Adam, is there a best time of year to visit the UK? It's great any time of year. The weather is usually mild, at least in London. It it only gets to you know mid thirties in the winter, so you're not dealing with big snowstorms, which I miss, by the way, being a New Englander. Yeah, um, yeah. Of but course. Christmas is gorgeous. We surprised my yes. parents with a trip to Edinburgh a few years ago, and Edinburgh at Christmas is absolutely just a fairy tale. Gorgeous, gorgeous, wow. gorgeous, and it did snow while we were there. Christmas Aww. is a good time to visit. They do it really well. The whole city shuts down um, in London for a couple of days, and it's very festive. Oh, God. Oh. I really want to go back. Okay. This has been such an amazing virtual tour of the UK. So I want to now take you to the lightning round, which is some questions we lightning ask everybody. Round. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. Round. Okay. The lightning round. It's right off the top of your head. Okay, here we go. Yes. You cannot think it has to come right off the top of right. your head. What is your go-to meal to make when you're dead tired? An amatra chana. I always have bacon Ooh. in the freezer, like little bits of bacon. Mm -hmm. I always have pecorino in the fr in the fridge. I always have cans of tomato, and I always have pasta. So absolutely, you mm. can knock that up in 10 minutes. I love it. Great. All right, what is your best time-saving trick in the kitchen? 
So my husband and I share an account for uh, Evernote. So it's just a document management system. We have a shared supermarket list. So if we're out, one of us can mm-hmm. put something on for the we other. We do too. Yeah. I've got all yeah. my recipes in there and I get them tagged. So if I'm out and I want to make something at night, I can just pull it up on my phone. I know what I need to get instead of having to come home, look at my cookbooks or, or David, pull up your website. Um, yeah. Thank you yeah. very much for that plug. <laughs> but that's been great. That <laughs> saves a awesome. lot of time. Oh, it's me. Sorry, I was so happy that he talked about my website. <laughs> I forgot I to ask a question. Um, uh, your favorite food show or movie? Okay, so everyone's going to expect the Great British Bake Off, which I love. That's true. But I actually love the Taco Chronicles on Netflix. If you haven't seen those, Ooh. they're fantastic. Mm. It's this nicely narrated tour of Mexico through tacos. Every episode is on a different kind of taco and they go back into oh, wow. different people that make them and sell them and eat them. It's beautifully done. I love it. But I do love the Bake Off too. <laughs> All right. What is your most beaten up cookbook? That would be Otto Lenghi's Jerusalem, which I have cooked to my heart's content. Uh, and I think that yes. has really changed the way I cook. And it, it sums up my experience living in London, just having such an explosion of vibrant food and textures mm. and colors. Mm. Now, your greatest faux pas in the kitchen? I think going too quickly, not preparing enough in advance, going too quickly. I've Mm -hmm. got a small kitchen here. We've got a small flat, and I tend to do too much. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yep, that's me. All right, what's the last best thing you ate? So when I first came home to Boston after the pandemic, after not being home for a couple of years, my mom met me with a lobster roll. So that's been tradition. Mm. So I was just home a couple of weeks ago in July and she had a lobster roll ready to go for me and just nothing makes me happier. Oh, it must no, have made her I'm so happy yeah. to make it yeah. too. Yeah. Oh. Now, are you a mayo or butter mayo. person? Absolute mayo. Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. I agree with so you. So lobster rolls all the way. Butter. You know, it's no. what I miss here the most. You can take the boy out of New England, but uh, yeah. you know, you take the boy to England, yeah. but you can't take the New England out of the boy. <laughs> So what is the most underrated and most overrated British food? I think underrated is Marmite. I absolutely love it. And I think you that's really something do. people just don't use enough. I think um, people are a bit afraid of. So I think it's mm-hmm. just it's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. I think, it's, I think it's great. And overrated? I want to say fish and chips. I love fish and <gasps> chips, but there's, a lot, but there's a lot of really bad ones. There's bad batter, yes. there's soggy chips. So most of the time you get them. They're a bit mediocre, but you've got to find some really good ones. And when you do, they're just a revelation. Do you have a favorite place for fish and chips? Uh, George's Portobello Fish Bar is really good over by me. But actually, at Borough Market, there's a restaurant called Fish. Mm -hmm. We went the night before I got married for a rehearsal dinner. And they have different kinds of fish that you can pick. And the chips are really crispy, really nice. You're sitting at a restaurant right in the middle of Borough Market, right around the corner from where Bridget Jones's apartment was supposed to be, where they filmed uh, Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones. I would say fish and chips is overrated. But if you get a good one, go to Fish at Borough Market. You'll get a good one. And they're fantastic. And Adam, if people oh. want to find you on social and maybe ask you a question about oh, yeah. traveling in London, how do they find you? Find me on Instagram. It's Limonadam. So it's think Limonada. It was lemonade in Spanish and add an M to the end. Adam, this has been so much I've fun. Loved it's so it. good to Adam, see you so again. Much for Absolutely having has. Great. All right. Thanks, Adam. Adam, thank you. Adam Cohen is my dear friend. He works in marketing, but he is a real expert on the food of his adopted home, the UK. 
Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Overt Studios, and our producer is our favorite bloke, Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam and Overt Studios at overtstudios.com. And remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And of course, as always, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Ciao. Bye, David. Okay, I need an adjective for our Adam. What? Oh, oh I love that. That's it. Thank you. I don't think we can use those words in our podcast. Well, what does podcast. mean? It means like a... Sure. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's a, <laughs> Not good. Yeah. It's kind of more like a... Though. Oh, like, like, a, like a bad... A, it's a little saucy. Oh. Yes, I think it's like... Let me see. Oh, my God. Okay. Like a, a um, define... Right. Um, can I? It's vulgar. It's vulgar slang. Oh my god! It's a vulgar slang. It's it's a contemptible it's a, person. It's yeah, a person who. That's what it oh, is. It's getting better and better. You are going so far over the <laughs> top, Amy. Miriam Webster. It does, this is Miriam Webster. <laughs> they're not doing the British slang. This says a contemptible person. Look, look Uses down a, a general little term bit of, more. Look, definition and meaning. Miriam Webster. A a person who. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot call out Adam a person. I don't know if you do, but I can't say that. I just can't say that. All right. So we're not going to say that. All right. <laughs>